we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. I want to go to the book of Hebrews this evening. We'll go to the 12th chapter, Hebrews chapter 12. And we've been looking at Hebrews chapter 11 with this thought in mind by faith. And we have examined what faith is and how that we have examples throughout this 11th chapter of those who live by faith. We saw that they had the faith, Moses and the people of Israel had the faith to go out, and then they had the faith, the faith rather, to go through the sea. They had the faith to go in to the land of promise, and then we noted last week they had the faith to go on. And so we come to chapter number 12, and the thought continues and concludes here in this 12th chapter, and I thought it would just be uh, good for us to look at a few verses in this 12th chapter uh, before we leave this subject of faith. I want you to read with me in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son... Despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. I want you to notice the phrase that we, we find here in the close of verse number one. The Bible speaks of the race that is set before us. I want to speak to you on that subject, the race that is set before us. We all have a course to run, a race to be engaged in. It is the race of faith. And Hebrews chapter number 11 details for us uh, the exploits and the accomplishments and more importantly, the faithfulness of many who have run the race before us. We're not the only ones to run this race. We're not the only ones to face the difficulties and the trials that we face. 
oftentimes because uh, our experience is limited to our own perspective, we often fail to remember that others have endured the trials that we are enduring. We understand that these trials and temptations that we face are a part of the race, the race of faith. What is faith? Faith is believing God. Faith is trusting God. Faith is looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We are saved by faith. By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we know that we are saved by faith, but we also understand that we have to live by faith. The same faith that got us in is the same faith that takes us through, right? The same faith that brought us out is the faith that will help us go on. And so as we live our lives on a daily basis and we deal with the things that are maybe particular and peculiar, we think, often to our own lives, the trials that we have, each of you have temptations and trials that though they are common to man, they are unique to your life. And what we find is that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is a faithful high priest. He is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He cares for us, and he gives us the grace to go on as we trust him and as we look to him. And so I want us to think about the race that is set before us and your life and the circumstances of your life, the challenges, the trials, the difficulties that are unique to you and understand that this is the race that is set before us. In other words, this is the race that is set before you. Now, we're all running for the same goal, right? We're running to please the Lord Jesus Christ. We're running so that uh, at the conclusion of the race, we can stand before him and hear him say to us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We are running because we love him. We are running in order to please him. But along the way, the course gets arduous and difficult. That's why in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, the writer of this epistle is encouraging us through the testimonies of those who've gone before. And so as we run this race, the race that is set before us, I just want to give you some thoughts this evening uh, that I hope will encourage you. Number one, we have testimonies to encourage. Along the way, along the race, there are testimonies to encourage. Now, we read in verse number one of Romans 12, the fir- or Hebrews 12 rather, the first word is wherefore, wherefore. Uh, that word provides for us a bridge from one thought to the next. And in the thoughts that he is uh, leading us back to are the thoughts that are given to us in Hebrews 11. And what is given to us in Hebrews 11 is the, is the record of those who have run the race. They are the ones who have been on the track and they have run the race and they have finished and completed their course. We are uh, at different stages of the race. Some of us are at the beginning. Some of us are nearing the end. Some of us are, are, are maybe along the route Uh, just a little ways beyond the start or maybe nearing uh, the home stretch. But this is the race that is set before us. And what we have in this race that is set before us are testimonies to encourage us. And we have those all throughout Hebrews 11, do we not? 
we have the testimony of, uh, of Abel, who offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. We have the testimony of Enoch, who was translated that he should not see death. Uh, we have the testimony of Noah, who was warned of God and moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house. We have the testimony of Abraham in verse 8, who when he was called to go out, went out. He obeyed God. He sojourned in verse 9. How did he do so? By faith. Look in verse 10, or verse 11 rather. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. All of these testimonies are given. Imagine a woman standing before us, 90 years of age, saying, I thought I could never have a child, and yet God gave me the strength to conceive a child. Imagine Noah saying, I, I was living in a time when the world was condemned. God was angry with the wicked. Judgment was coming. A flood was coming. But God told me what he was going to do. By the way, aren't you glad God hasn't left us in the dark today? God will not leave his people in the dark. He has revealed his word to us. And Noah, when he heard the word, he moved with fear. He obeyed God. Oftentimes, uh, we hear the word of God, but we don't move. We don't move with fear. Moving with fear means to obey, uh, to, to, to have reverence for God and God's word, to take his commandments seriously. And so Noah said, I, I did that. Enoch said, I, I walked with God. That was the testimony that I walked with God and that I pleased God. And one day God said, I'm just going to take you home with me, Enoch. And so off I went. Verse 17, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. Well, you can hear Isaac tell the story, right? I went up with my dad. I didn't realize that I was the one that was going to be killed. Uh, my father took the knife. He laid me on the altar. He took the knife. He was going to kill me, and God stopped him. I'm glad he did. Can't you hear Isaac saying that? I'm glad he did. <laughs> oh, what happened, Isaac? There had to be a sacrifice. Yes, there was a ram caught in the thicket. You see, all of us were condemned to die. We deserve death. The wages of sin is death. But God in his mercy provided a ram, the Lord Jesus Christ. Caught in the thicket of our sin, our iniquity, he became the offering and the sacrifice. His blood was shed for us. Then we read in verse 20, by faith Isaac blessed Jacob. Isaac was the boy that was never going to get there, but he came. Then he was the boy that was going to die. Now, Abraham had the faith that God would raise him up. But now Isaac has his son, and he's blessing him by faith. He made it through that hardship. He made it through that trial. Uh, by the way, Isaac and Rebekah had a lot of disappointment with those two boys. Esau had no heart for God. Jacob had a heart for God, but he was a manipulator and a usurper, and he certainly didn't encourage his brother, did he? No. But yet God worked. That's encouraging news for parents, isn't it? 
By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, man, just think about all that Jacob went through. Joseph, he thought, was dead. Thought he was gone. Thought he'd never see him again. Found out he was alive in Egypt. And Joseph provided everything that his brothers and his father needed. Now Jacob living in, in Egypt. He says, you're not going to stay here long. And he blesses his sons, leaning on the top of his staff. Then there's Joseph, who made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. He wanted to remind them not to get too comfortable in this world. By the way, that's something we have to avoid, isn't it? Uh, you can get too comfortable. And the children of Israel were getting comfortable. Well, then God used the Pharaoh against them, didn't he? He made them slaves and began to afflict them. And then that stirred the people up, and eventually they cried out for a deliverer. They wanted to go back to the land that God had given them. Sometimes we get comfortable in this world, and God will remind us that this world is not our home. I think the older I get, the more I see that. By faith, Moses... Moses was born in a time when he was condemned to die, but God spared him. He chose not to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You see, these are the testimonies of the faithful. They went, they went out of Egypt. They went through the Red Sea. They went into the land of Canaan. The walls of Jericho fell. Rahab was saved. Can you imagine her testimony? What a glorious thing. You see, the testimonies are here for us in Hebrews 11 to encourage us in the midst of our race. To encourage us that God is faithful, to encourage us that God will bring us through, to encourage us to obey God no matter the cost. These testimonies are to encourage us. And he says here in verse number one, wherefore seeing we also are, com are, are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. The word witnesses means they, they're, they're giving us a testimony. Their life bears record of the faithfulness of God. And we need to be acquainted with their lives. We need to be acquainted with the word of God. We need to know these testimonies because these testimonies produce faith in our hearts to spur us on, to strengthen us, and to encourage us in the race. Do you ever get discouraged? Do you get discouraged? Do you, stay, do, do, do you seem to wonder if things will ever get better? Sometimes the devil will convince you it won't. You look at what's going on in the world. You may be looking at what's going on in your life the disappointments that you're facing. But here's what we find. Through all the trials, all of these folks, including the others, remember we looked at the others, the others that were, that were tried, the others that wandered destitute in sheepskins and goatskins, the, the others who did not experience deliverance on this earth, well, they're all victors. They're all conquerors because what they received, an inheritance that is incorruptible, that fadeth not away, eternal in the heavens. That's what they got. They got a city whose builder and maker was God. And we all get that. All of us get that. And so, as Paul said, our light affliction, 
which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. These are the testimonies that God has given to encourage us, and we need to be acquainted with these testimonies. We need to read the truth of God's word because it will encourage us. Social media won't encourage you. The news won't encourage you. Uh, television, won't, it may be a diversion at times, but it will not encourage you. And we need encouragement in this race. And the Bible says we've got a, a, a great cloud of witnesses. The cloud, Where are the clouds? The clouds are in the sky, right? And what is the inference here? The inference is there's a stadium uh, of those who have completed the race. And where are they now? They're standing in the grandstands. And what are they doing? They're encouraging us. They're exhorting us on. Yeah, I've talked about Job before in the situation where Job faced trials and um, he had no idea that all of heaven was watching him. He had no idea that Satan had challenged God and said, well, you know, Job only loves you because you're so good to him. But if you'll let me touch him, he'll curse you to uh, your face because, God, you're not really worthy of Job's worship. And so there are things that are happening behind the scenes in God's plan, in God's infinite wisdom, in God's grace for our lives that may seem to us as contrary to us in the race, but God is using it for his glory. And that's what we learn through these testimonies. So we need to be familiar with these testimonies. We need to be familiar with the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we have to be in the Bible. Testimonies to encourage. And that gives me grace and strength and faith to move on. That's why we need to be in church. That's why we don't need to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We, we consider one another to provoke and to love and to good works. Number two, temptations that entangle. Along the way, on the race, the race that is set before us, there are testimonies to encourage us, but there are temptations that entangle us. So look at what he says in the latter portion of verse 1. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. If we're going to run the race, then we need to get rid of the things that are going to hinder us. So he says there are temptations that entangle us. There are weights. Now, he doesn't tell us what the weights are. But there are things that, that weigh us down, that hold us back, attitudes perhaps, and, and wrong thinking, philosophies of this world. Perhaps with these Hebrews, it was their, their, their inability to let go of the uh, religious trappings of Judaism and to accept their liberty in Christ to put their faith and trust in Christ alone and let go of the traditions. And sometimes those things can, can weigh us down. There are other things that can weigh us down. Bad habits, uh, distractions. Uh, they, they keep us from running our race. 
You see, if we're going to run the race, we need to be fit. We've got to be fit, spiritually fit, to run the race. And that requires training. It requires exercise. And you're not going to run the race unless you have gotten fit, all right? You're not going to eat 10 cheeseburgers and go run the race, right? You're going to train and get fit. And that's what he says here. Let us lay aside every weight, the things that hold us back. Pride holds us back, doesn't it? There are a lot of people who could be serving the Lord, but they're too worried about what everybody's going to think about them. There are people who could sing and play an instrument, but they're worried they won't do it right or perfectly. Now, we need to give our best to the Lord. We understand that. We're not trying to be sloppy or slipshod. There are people who could talk to people and witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, but they allow fear. They allow weights to come into their lives and sins and fears of sin, fear of man bringeth the snare, entrapments. They allow these things to hold them back. What are people going to think about me? Or they have a difficult day or a strain in a relationship, a conflict, and say, well, I I just don't think that I need to go to church anymore. (laughs) Well, the devils are really good at throwing weights on you. You know that? He's really good. Here, let me give you one. Let me lay another one on you. And the next thing you know, we're weighed down. Well, how are we going to run the race when we're carrying all this weight? Now, he says, He says, lay it aside. You know what that word means? It means to cast it off. Not just simply, you know, brush it off, but to cast it off, to get rid of it. And Satan is warring constantly in our mind, right, in the way we think, our attitudes, and and causing us to doubt, causing us to be consumed with self. And we have to learn to take those things and cast them off by faith. How do we get the strength to cast those off? What what enables us to cast them off? I want to tell you what enables us to cast them off. The Word of God. How do you counteract a lie? Through the Word of God. So we have to fill ourselves with the truth of God's Word. We have to gird up the loins of our minds. Because there are temptations that entangle. There are weights. And then the sin which does so easily beset us. The word beset means it's all around us. All around us, just as he said, we're compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses. God has, 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 has laid the course out, uh, and he has surrounded us uh, with those who are here to encourage us. But he has also, uh, not he, but Satan, in counteracting that, well, he's, he's beset us with all manner of temptation and sin things to divert our attention, to distract us, to draw us away. These are temptations that entangle. Well, let me give you a third thought here, and that is this. There are trials to endure in this race. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. This speaks of endurance, running with patience the race that is set before us. When I was a junior in high school, um, I, uh, our Christian school closed when I was in the 10th grade. And so I went to uh, public school, 
in our community, high school. And I, I thought that I was probably a first-round draft choice. You know, by the time I came out of the University of Tennessee after my four-year career, 2,000 points and everything, you know, I had it all laid out. And so I was going to play basketball at Halls High School. And um, so uh, Coach Campbell was the basketball coach. He had, he had coached at Carson Newman College uh, years ago. Some of you LR people may have heard of uh, uh, Carson Newman College because they, they played a lot of games against Lenore Ryan. And so Coach Campbell was the coach, and, and uh, he said, uh, if you're going to play on this team, you got to run a mile in six minutes. Well, I didn't run many miles, and I didn't look like this, by the way. And um, I, had, I don't think I'd ever time myself running a mile. And, and so I, uh, I started running around my neighborhood, and I think it was, a, I figured it out. We drove it around it and, and it was hilly and it was about a half a mile. One loop was about a half a mile. So you could run two loops and um, that's a mile. And I would time myself. And I, I didn't have a lot of hope that I was going to make a six minute mile uh, running that course. But I kept running it. I kept practicing it because I wanted to accomplish that goal. And you couldn't play on the team unless you ran a six-minute mile. And I just kept working at it, kept working at it. And finally, we got to the day of the race. And all along the way, I was building up my endurance. Now, if, if you've ever run before, you know how that is, right? For, for a little short time, you're doing good. But then after a while, those pains seep into your lungs. And you're, you're, you know, you just want to quit. I mean, you think I can't go on another step, <clears throat> but something amazing happens, right? If you just keep going on, eventually you push through that pain, and then you get your second wind, right? You just keep running. Well, I, I was building up endurance, and we got to the track that day, and. And uh, Coach Irwin was the track coach. He was there. And he got all of us together, and he was up in the bleachers, standing on the lowest rung of the bleachers, and he said, boys, I'm going to be calling out the times. So when you come across the first lap, you need to hear me calling out these numbers. You need to stay in this range. And uh, if you're in that range, you're okay. When you get to the second lap, you need to hear this. When you get to the third lap, you need to be in this range. And if you can stay in that range, you're going you're gonna to make it. And I was nervous and, and a little concerned. But I got out there with all those other guys. All this other time, I'd been by myself. But I got out there with those guys. And so here we go, first lap. I come around. Coach Irwin's calling out the time. And I'm a little bit ahead. And I'm going, hallelujah. We keep running. I'm still trucking. Eventually, I don't know which lap, second, maybe third, I'm not sure. But that, that pain gets in my lungs, you know. But I'm looking at my buddies. 
And some of them are in front of me and some of them are behind me. There's one guy, a friend of mine, he just quit. He just walked around the track. I thought, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to quit. I'm, I'm going to run. If I fall over, I'm going to run. I'm going to quit. I got to the third lap. I come around the, 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 the turn, and Coach Irwin's there. At, he's about at the 10-yard line, you know, in the bleachers, and he's going, and he's calling it out, and I'm thinking, man, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. And I made it with plenty of room to spare. I don't know how I did it. How did I do it? I trained. I was encouraged. What encouraged me? Coach Irwin calling out my times. Has God put a Coach Irwin in your life? A Sunday school teacher, a deacon, a friend. You're going to make it. Let me tell you where you need to be. You're going to make it. And every time you come around a corner, you think, it's my last lap. I don't think I'm going to go another step. That pain begins to seep in. But then you look at your buddies. You look at your friends. You look at your comrades. You realize you're not the only one who's having this pain. And they're doing it. Now, look, we're not doing this on self-will and self-discipline. We got to have some of that. But we're doing this in the power of the Holy Ghost who's in us and the fellowship of God's people who are around us. And, and we're just going to have to learn to keep running because there are going to be trials to endure. And Peter said, don't be surprised. Don't think it's strange when these fiery trials come to you. D don't be surprised by that. But why is it that every time we encounter one, we do think it's strange. I think that, that's exactly why the Holy Spirit of God told Peter to write that. Don't think it's strange. Don't be surprised. Don't think it's peculiar to you. You're not the only one dealing with this difficulty. There are other people. And you have me. And I will see you through. And then here's what you find. As you're running your race, you're looking at your buddies. You're looking at people behind you. You're looking at people in front of you. You're looking at people right there with you. And you're saying, come on, keep running, man. Don't quit. We're about there. We're about to, we're about to make it. We're going to make it. That's what a church does for each other. We're not perfect people. We're going we're gonna to mess up a lot. We're going to have troubles and trials and tribulations. But we're pulling for each other. And God is in us. And he's enabling us. People who are going through medical situations. And you know people who are, who, who are coming behind you in those things. God's put you in that race so you can help them, so that you can encourage them. People are going through struggles in relationships and, and with their children and with their grandchildren and, and, and people who are dealing with financial hardships and losses of jobs and, and all kinds of discouraging things. You see, God has put all of us here to help encourage one another, and you need to find somebody to encourage by the way, that'll put your problems in perspective too. <clears throat> that'll, that'll, that'll break up the pity party that we all fall into. You know, I'm, I was having one tonight before I came here. My poor wife has to hear it all. Bless her heart. And, um, but she doesn't let me throw a pity party. She kicks the chairs out from under me. She says, nope, nope, not here. 
and helps me out. That's what I need. So there are trials to endure in the race. So I finished well under six minutes. And I remember watching a good friend of mine, Danny Smitty, who I ended up working with for many years at UPS. And uh, I I remember Danny because I was laughing at him. We got finished, you know. I didn't stop running. I kind of jogged slow, but I was glad to slow down. And I think after a while, I just kind of stopped and kneeled down, and I I started realizing how oxygen-deprived I really was. And I looked up at Danny, and he was wobbling like he had rubber legs. And I started laughing. And then guess what I did? I decided to walk toward him. And then I had those rubber wobbly legs too, you know. Some of us may come across with wobbly legs, but by the grace of God, we're going to make it. You're going to make it. It's the race that is set before us. Well, how do we make it? Look at verse 2. We're closing here. Would you read the next three words? Would you read them with me? Verse 2. Would you say it with me? Are you ready? Looking unto Jesus. That's really where we're looking. We're looking to him. When when people are, are, are discouraged around us and we're trying to encourage them, you know where we need to point them to? Hey, hey, look, look to Jesus. Look, look to Jesus. Let's just point people to Jesus. In your Sunday school class, in your circle of friends. Let's point people to Jesus in the midst of our trials and tribulations in our murmuring and our complaining and feeling sorry for ourselves. Let's point people to Jesus and we'll finish the race that's set before us. It's a race of faith and may God help us to run it tonight. There are testimonies to encourage us. We need them. And by the way, we need to share them. We need to share them. There are temptations that entangle us. We need to lay those aside. We got to cast those off. So maybe tonight there's some things you need to cast aside. There are trials to endure. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you and thank you once again for listening.